and welcome to another edition of the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we are going to be looking at Morgan and the Ministry of Justice. The citation for this case is 2023 UKSC 14. And this week we are looking at a case that highlights some human rights issues around sentencing law. Morgan and the other respondents in this case were previously convicted of terrorism offences, and in 2020 were sentenced to determinate custodial sentences. In accordance with the Criminal Justice Northern Ireland Order 2008, the judge specified a period of half the total sentence that would be spent in custody, and when that had been served, Morgan had to be released on licence. The problem was that in April 2021, the Counter-Terrorism and Sentencing Act 2021 was passed and received royal assent. Section 30 of that Act inserted a new Article 20A into the 2008 order and provided that prisoners who had been convicted of certain terrorism-related offences, like Morgan, would no longer be released at the halfway point of their sentence. Instead, cases would be referred to the Parole Commission at the two-thirds point of the sentence, and a prisoner would only be released if the Commission was satisfied that it is no longer necessary for the protection of the public that the offender be confined. This shifting around of the goalpost meant that whereas before Morgan would have been released in June 2021 with no reference to the parole commissioners, instead the first date for possible release on licence became December 2021, but only with the approval of the parole commission. Morgan challenged this legislation on human rights grounds. In particular, he argued that there was a breach of Article 5 of the Convention, the right to liberty, because the change to his sentence was not foreseeable, and a breach of Article 7, which is the general rule that there should be no punishment without law. The case went to the Court of Appeal, where it was found that there was an incompatibility with Article 7, because it retrospectively changed the penalty for the offences that had been committed. Because of that decision, there was no need to consider Article 5. The Ministry of Justice appealed to the Supreme Court, and that is where we pick things up. The justices began by taking a look at Article 7, and noted that there is a distinction to be made here between the redefinition or modification of a penalty, which is not permitted retrospectively, and changes to the way that a penalty is executed or enforced, which is allowed retrospectively. This means that the question for the court is whether the new Article 20A of the 2008 order actually redefines or modifies the penalty, or if it merely changes the way that it is carried out. For the Supreme Court, they felt that the penalty in these proceedings was the imposition of a determinate custodial sentence. This means that the specification of a custodial period does not actually change the penalty. Furthermore, the involvement of the Parole Commission does not now mean that there has been a change to the manner of execution or enforcement of a penalty. Because there was not a retroactive increase in the penalty imposed on Morgan and the other respondents, the justices held that there was no breach of Article 7. Moving on, and the Supreme Court also took the opportunity to examine the Article 5 case as well, concerning the deprivation of liberty. Of course, while Morgan was deprived of his liberty by being imprisoned, Article 5 makes the exception that a person can be deprived of their liberty when it is prescribed by law. 
The issue here is that the law must have a legal basis and be sufficiently accessible, precise and foreseeable in its application. These so-called quality of law requirements apply to detention, so something that relates to the execution of a penalty and therefore wouldn't fall within the purview of Article 7 can be examined by a court in the context of Article 5. As such, the justices did look into whether there had been a breach of Article 5, but concluded that, as with Article 7, there had not. In the first instance, the terms of the sentences were calculated without taking account of the early release provisions in the 2008 order. The second reason for denying this cross-appeal was that the lawfulness of the detention was decided for the duration of the whole sentence, by the determinate custodial sentence originally imposed. While Morgan did have a reasonable expectation that he would be released on licence, that does not affect the lawfulness of the detention. Finally, it is totally foreseeable that the way that a sentence is executed might be changed as a result of new policy or legislation introduced by the government. In the end then, uh, Morgan lost his claim, but if you are convinced by any of the reasoning that I've just described, then I'll be very surprised. The arguments from Lord Stevens in relation to Article 5 is at least a little bit more reasonable. When someone is sentenced for a crime, there is often a degree of uncertainty about how much time they will actually spend behind bars. The difference in this case was that the change was made by the government policy rather than, say, the behaviour of the prisoner. That is the aspect of the case that causes real problems. As I mentioned towards the start of the episode, this is a bit like moving the goalposts, and that is the exact sort of thing that Article 7 is meant to protect against. As a reminder, for a breach of Article 7, we are looking for a redefinition or modification of the penalty. With that in mind, it's difficult to see how we can recognise changing the custodial period of the sentence as anything except a redefinition or modification of the penalty. Using semantics to try and justify it as a mere change to the manner of execution or enforcement of a penalty just doesn't fly or really even match up to the facts of the case. Ultimately, this is a worrying decision that diminishes rights and gives government a lot more power over prisoners and their liberty. Well, thank you very much for tuning into this podcast, and thanks as ever to bensound.com who provide the theme music. A quick reminder before we go that if you would like to support the podcast and help to keep it ad-free, then you can subscribe to my newsletter and earn yourself some nice perks including more content from me each week, and a free ebook on how to answer essay questions on a law degree. This week in the newsletter, I react to the Tolly report into the conduct of Dominic Raab and his subsequent resignation from the Ministry of Justice. If that sounds like something you're interested in, then check out the link in the description to this podcast episode. Anyway, I'll be back with another episode next week, but for now, bye!